0: Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised.
1: A prestigious college in a small town on the American East Coast. A former monastery turned into a Christian dormitory. Male and female students inhabiting separate houses. It should be the safest place to get your education, were it not for the fact that some students are true monsters, Join Becker playing Kylie, Jorin playing Morgana, and Monica playing Sam in Fuck Mary Kill, a Monster Hearts 2 game run by Tillman. Come join our Discord chat and please consider supporting Twin Cities by Night on Patreon. Welcome to Monster Hearts Fuck Mary Kill, because we had to go with that name. Uh, Monster Hearts kind of flew under my radar and. And then Chris pointed out to me that the esoteric order of role players had a really amazing game. And I recommend it, but it's super dark and, and intense. But yeah, it showed to me the possibilities that Monster Hearts isn't just a soap opera type drama, but it is teenage angst, relationship drama, sex, death, <laughs> and worse. <laughs> and for that, of course, I have three of the best players I could have from the team Eka, Monica, and Jorin. And I think. We should just start with what we discussed before, and that is safety mechanics in the game. I can't really keep the listeners safe. You'll have to judge that on your own. You can turn off if you want to, but as I already hinted at, there will be definitely some scenes that probably aren't safe for work, uh, safe for children, so keep that in mind. We will be playing with an X-card system. We don't have an X card because we don't sit at a table, but you can put an X in the chat. You can cross your arms in front of the camera, or you can just yell out, I would like to fade to black. And as always, keep in mind, using the X card is not you causing a problem. The problem is that the scene is uncomfortable. So it's best that we just move on. And we had discussed, and Urene brought this up to me. I wasn't aware of this, that we want to use lines and veils. The technique basically uh, says that players and storyteller get together before the game starts and describe what they have set as lines that shall not be crossed or as topics that may only be hinted at, which are in the veils section. (laughs) So let me just break the ice maybe. I put down a line, no pandemics, no election year.
2: I mostly have two veils. Uh, I would like a veil on anything that re- that refers to the dentist, because I am afraid of the dentist and don't like dentist drills at all. And violence to minors.
1: Right. In fact, I specifically also decided I didn't want to have this game uh, set in a high school environment, which it normally is, because I didn't want to portray uh, sexual or violent or manipulative activities between teenagers under age so i would actually put that in a a line uh, section so i think we're cool on that
0: yeah that sounds perfect <laughs> for me i think my only hard line would be anything involving menstruation just anything in particular detail i mean aside from that i i second the no minors no violence or sexual themes involving minors and no violence towards animals.
1: Right. I would feel weird bringing up the menstruation, actually.
3: <laughs> I Outside of everything that's already been stated, I don't think I have any lines or veils. But that might also change as we progress. And I realize, ooh, this makes me really uncomfortable. So I will definitely let you guys know if, like either during recording or after, if I'm uncomfortable about something and then we can proceed from there. So... If you guys are cool with that kind of idea, then I'm I'm good.
1: That's an important aspect. So it will not always be obvious in the recording probably, but we will keep this discussion up. If the story goes a direction you don't really feel comfortable with, you can always bring that up to me. Now we just know where we stand on like a base level, but things come up, we can always change courses. So the game I already mentioned will not take place in a high school setting. I specifically wanted the young adult experience though. So I went with a college setting. You will all be fairly young college students who just made their first steps out of their parents' household into their own lives, so to say. And you all moved into a small town that I called New Burton. I do believe there's a New Burton area, but there's no New Burton town. We just make it up. I didn't want to have any (laughs) real-life cities attached to this. Just imagine a small college town. There is a a fairly steeply sloped hill in this town. On top of it is a chapel, an old chapel called St. Humbert's. And about halfway up the hill is... The dormitory, it used to be a monastery, but it has, well, become vacant, no monks left, and then it was transformed into a dormitory still in the hands of the church. The college itself is, well, unrelated to that. It's just very close by. You basically walk down the hill, then you cross like two streets and you are at the edge of campus. And I'm imagining the, the whole town is kind of like in a Uh, north american east coast area i'm thinking it goes back a few hundred years already since like the first settlers came probably christian in nature and they set up the chapel and the first old houses we will build this setting further later today but i think right now is a good time for you to introduce the characters you're going to play by name, what skins you picked, your looks and your eyes specifically. Those are very important. And a little bit of your origin and what you study. I think that would be enough for now. No stats needed. Becca, do you want to start?
3: All right, so I'm playing Kylie Porter. She is Yas Queen. Kylie is 19 years old. She's a sophomore at the college. She's studying poli-sci because she's choosing to go into politics, but I can't talk about elections or other stuff, so that'll, I mean, that'll be fine. Um, I doubt I mean, that will really come
1: up. <laughs> yeah, you, you can talk about politics. I just meant no recent election year. <laughs> okay. Don't feel too, uh, too fenced up by that.
3: Okay. Given her mentality, I assume that at some point in this game, that's going to come up. She's has a stunning look to her. She often dresses in bold colors, wearing fashion designer stuff, which in some ways definitely feels out of place for college because so very clearly a good relationship with her rich family. She has um, a nice big smile that always just kind of brings everybody into her. Her eyes are calculating. So the way that I'm seeing that is, She might have a warm, try to put out that warm persona, but like if you look really closely, you can still see that she's she's thinking about things all the time and like it just never stops. Her origin is most dangerous. And for me, it was a toss up between popular or the most famous or and most dangerous, but I like the most dangerous because essentially I want to go with a mafia like feel where she's a she's the mob boss, essentially. Was there any other details that I missed?
1: One question uh, that came to my mind was, you had said you have a good relationship with your rich family. Yeah. How is that relationship, basically? What does your family do? Did they go to this college as well? Is there like a history of your family with this place?
3: Yeah. So she wants to step into the family business of politics. Uh, Her dad is some kind of senator somewhere, we'll say. This is the college that everybody in her family goes to or has for like the last several generations that as long as it's been open her mom's a trophy wife and probably a bit of a narcissist so um kylie is the golden child we won't talk about any siblings because i doubt that will really come up but i can get into that if you want I'm
1: trying to would you say you're the oldest yes of the Ky- okay
3: kylie is the oldest
1: yeah, there's a lot of tension um, that you do everything right, of course.
3: Exactly. So there's there's a lot of pressure, but I, I guess I'm pulling in that confidence from from Azula, from Avatar: The Last Airbender, oh, where she's nice. just yeah, she's like she can't do wrong. So not only is there high pressure, but she does have a good relationship with her parents. She's daddy's little princess and mom's golden child.
1: Yeah. Very nice. I love the Azula part. <laughs> I'm waiting to see how that plays out. I mean, she's the ultimate Yas Queen. Yes. So, Monica, do you want to go next?
0: Sure. I will be playing uh, Samuel Beckinsale, Sam for short. His skin is werewolf. Look, I've chosen Feisty. He has. Come into some money due to inheritance. And he does like to live the opulent life. He very rarely wears the same thing twice because that's for peasants. Um, He doesn't believe in laundry. So he'll wear something once, be seen in public with it, and that's enough. He can't be seen in it twice. So um, he has a very bougie, I would say prep style where he likes himself Nice pants, nice shoes, long sleeve shirts and uh, vests like those sweater vests. He's very like prep chic, preferring to wear more pastel colors. He keeps it soft. I chose his eyes as cunning because to Sam, all social interaction has to have some sort of deep meaning behind it. Everything that you say can and will be used against you by a woman at some point in your life. So he keeps himself very measured as to what he says and who he says it to, because in his mind, everything you say and do is like a move in a game of chess that he absolutely has to win. As far as physique, Sam is about 5'8", 143, 145 pounds. Uh, He's slender, but he keeps his upper body toned. Light skinned, and I would say his eyes are like a cornflower mid tone blue color. No piercings, no tattoos. And his origin I chose born a wolf. Did I miss anything?
1: I don't think so. Okay. Uh.
0: Did you mention what he studies? <laughs> oh, he studies musical composition. Right. So he plays piano, right? <laughs> He plays the piano mainly and he has a secondary instrument of the violoncello. Ah oh, yes, tell me he rolls up his sleeves. You know it, baby. <laughs> Chunky watch and all. Mm. So I have a
1: question. You brought up he doesn't wear any set of clothes twice. What does he do with it? Does is he the kind of guy who like orders clothes online, wears them one day and then sends them back as don't fit me?
0: No, that's very peasant he wears it once and then it goes in the trash obviously it's a look that's already been done and honestly he would donate it to less fortunate friends if they wanted it but if nobody claims his outfit he'll just chuck it damn
3: (laughs) so does that mean that sam
0: comes from a wealthy family as well to to support that kind of spending habit Yes uh, so Sam's financial background comes from his grandparents and um, some family liaisons in Russia. His parents themselves had no money because they were cut off you know by his grandparents upon his grandfather and subsequently his grandmother dying. the parents inherited a vast fortune which they're very just blue-collar people, so they didn't really feel they knew what to do with. But Sam and his sister, Helena, were always more in line with their grandparents' sort of mentality of make money, make, you know, a name for yourself, kind of have some sort of, I don't know what other way to say it, but renown. So it's, You know, that's the kind of mindset that he and his sister have. So now that he's an adult, he and his older sister, Helena, kind of run the finances for the family. And his sister is more into stocks and money management. So she keeps the fortune going while Sam kind of just lives the pretty boy life.
1: Is Helena older than him? Yes. Um, Also, you said you picked Born a Wolf. Can you elaborate on that? like? When did you find out that you were in fact a werewolf? What was that like?
0: Sam would have found out right around the time where puberty became a thing. Being a wolf, you know, well, at least born a wolf, you normally just start out in your human life, nothing different. But then once the wonderful hormonal chemical imbalances of teenage life start hitting, uh, other changes start coming up as well. And for Sam, it was more an initial notice of a lack of control over certain things. For example, his anger, his sex drive, things of that nature were very hard for him to suddenly keep a lid on. So at that point, I figured his sister, Helena, who was older and had gone through the change, sort of brought him under her wing and explained to him that this was just something that was in the family gene pool.
1: Would you say your wolf attitudes are very similar to Helena or is there a clear like gender or sex difference
0: I would say that Helena is a very proud wolf but for Sam he sees it more as an affliction something that he tries to constantly just shove down and control keep a tight lid on it his biggest fear is making an idiot of himself in public and obviously if you lose your temper or if you don't control yourself in a certain way, that pesky werewolf gene will make an ass out of you. And hey, you may end up in jail.
1: Yeah, so that's um, one thing as well. The werewolf skin leaves it open to you as to when you transform into a wolf. Except for like one part, when you turn into your darkest self, you will turn automatically into a horrifying wolf creature, but it doesn't it doesn't specify whether you can willingly turn into a wolf that isn't your darkest self. How would you want to handle that? Do you think like Sam needs to hunt once in a while or be a wolf when the moon is full or something like that?
0: I would say that in order to keep himself controlled, he needs to completely turn during a full moon and just release the things that he's pent up whether that be anger or hunger whatever and if he doesn't do that i can see him kind of being on edge for the next month until it happens again until at some point if he doesn't comply with his desires he'll essentially just kind of frenzy out
1: yeah that would mean you you would turn into your darkest self yep which by the way (laughs) is a move in this game
0: (laughs) Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> cool. I think then we can move on to Yurine.
2: Yeah. Uh, I will be playing Kimberly Miller. But she likes to refer to herself as Morgana Machiavelli. Please don't ever call her Kimberly to her face. It will not go well. Her skin is a witch. She has the entire witch aesthetic going on. So her look is edgy and goth. Her eyes are deep, dark, a deep, dark brown. A little bit mysterious is what I went for. Her hair is pretty long and it is black. But if you look closely, you will see that she has an outgrowth and then it reveals that she's naturally brown haired. But she usually has it put away in a way where you don't see that. Her origin is is a little bit interesting. I think the original the original rule said something like blog and I turned that into her coming from a subreddit so she is a a person who is often often seen on air r slash occult or r slash witches r slash witchcraft she hangs around in the online space quite a bit Furthermore, like her complexion, she is she's average, average pale. She might even make that paler with makeup and make the blacks blacker and the whites wider. Uh, she does have piercings. She has two sets per ear, just normal piercings in her in her earlobes, and a ring on the outside of her, her right ear. She even has a tattoo. Uh, it's a black raven that's on her left shoulder, but it's usually hidden by her clothing. Like she likes to wear black outfits or dark purples or dark blues, dark greens, as long as it's a little bit loose fitting, like not none of that tight stuff, but just loose fitting tunics with long sleeves, bunch of rings on her fingers that definitely have meanings throughout leggings, some black boots, because you need those to to, to walk around. Heels are nice for special occasions, but they don't get you everywhere. And then, of course, she ended up at this college somehow. She is studying art history there. She is a sophomore, even though she is 21, because this is the second time she goes to
1: college. The upside is you can legally drink alcohol. Heck yes, I can. You will have a lot of friends.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I bet I will.
1: (laughs) So it is assumed in Monster Hearts that all of you fit into, well, human society, usually. Maybe not fit in well, but you don't draw all the suspicion. Now, um, how does Morgana portray herself? You already said she's like, well, she wears goth clothing. Is she like very open about witchcraft is it something that comes up in conversation and people just think okay she she talks weird shit
2: it really depends on who she's talking to um her parents don't approve of it because they were very fairly religious so if she talks to home if she's talking with her mother or her father she will definitely not bring up the latest spell that she has recovered somewhere from an old book but she also loves to go to the little occult shops There's definitely a little occult shop somewhere in town where she likes to hang out. Um, There is now. There is now. There she will openly portray herself as a witch. Yeah. Maybe not super openly, like not discuss all the hexes that she can do, because that seems dangerous. She might even be a little bit scared of that herself, but definitely discuss new recipes for herb mixtures that you can use in your baths to relax in a better way or something and i think she would keep it hidden in the dormitory because she doesn't quite know how they feel about all of that and she wants to stay in the dormitory <laughs> so i think there that is another place where she will keep it on the down low somewhat except for maybe in her own room
1: right so what's this discovering magic on the internet, something of a breaking away from your Christian parents' household or your Christian parents' grip on your life?
2: I think that happened before. She, she grew up in Salem, which has the whole witch aesthetic going on on its own with Salem, Massachusetts. And she was raised very religiously until she was 14. That was also just the way she thought about life. But then she got in with the goth kids because she had a crush on one of them. Turned out that he had a crush on her and it all spiraled from there.
1: Nice. Uh, Are there plans for more tattoos?
2: Oh, Yeah, well, definitely once you go for one to two, I can speak from personal experience here. If you have one to two, you end up usually with more of them. But I think she has the same conviction to that as I have, where you only get it to two if it means something. So the raven for her was breaking away from her parents a little bit and also reminding her of the things that... She she did like the the things that made her fail college the first time, and that's but that she is still free and still strong despite all of that.
1: Uh, so uh, Becca put a question in chat.
2: Yeah, Becca was asking: Does studying art history help her being a witch? I think yes and no. It is a way for her to express the artistic side of being a witch. It's not particularly that she focuses on occult old books during art history or anything, but it is a way for her to let her creativity flow and maybe get new ideas from that.
3: Yeah. So like part of what I was thinking with asking that question is like maybe there's some kind of hidden witchcraft that you can see throughout art history. So that's why I was like, oh, maybe the, you know there's that kind of component to it. But if it's not, then... What you said is totally
2: awesome. I can, I think, I can see her focus on stuff that is rich-related, but that's not her end goal. If there is a poor, if she has to pick between a couple portraits and one of them has the history, this woman was burned as a witch. That is the that is definitely the thing she's going to go for, but it's not something that she is hyper focusing on in her studies yet. Might still happen later on, but she's just a sophomore in this case.
1: So what was her first college experience like and why did it end up not working out?
2: Her first college experience was extremely breaking free from her parents. All of a sudden there was no time limit, there was no control, so she could just party all night long and partying and witchcraft together are fairly expensive hobbies to have So she ran out of money and had to return home because she just couldn't pay for for her own studies and her own dormitory anymore. So she had to move in or she had to move back in with her parents in that
1: she was just out of money. Is she on a tight budget still? And does she like work beside uh, college a lot?
2: She worked in between getting away from that college and now. So I think she has some spare money, but she might have a job somewhere in town for sure just to back that up one big expenses taken away from her is her dormitory because her parents told her we will pay for your dormitory but only if you take the one that we pick so here is this very christian dormitory that we want you to stay in and that only then will we pay for your dormitory
1: yeah no parties at all will happen at the christian dormitory it will be extremely stale yeah, one hundred percent studying.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. At least there will be some form of religion that they that they approve of happening somewhere.
3: So I do have another question for Morgana. So like Sam has the the goal of like building up renown for himself. What
2: is Morgana's like ultimate goal? I think she sort of has two goals in life. She wants to be that established witch. She wants to expand her blog the secret life of a hidden witch. But on the other hand, she also just wants to finish this study now. This time around, she will finish and she will prove to herself that she can. And later on, maybe she will combine the two, like the love for witchcraft and for art. But for now, that is not her her main goal. So she just wants to be an established witch and have her art history degree. What she's going to do with it, she doesn't know yet.
1: Witchcraft in Monster Hearts is a lot about items. So in order to cast your hexes, you need sympathetic tokens, uh, objects from someone else that meant something to them. Is that... Like connected to your art history interest, maybe? Do you actually like collect art yourself?
2: Oh, I like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But it's not it's not art pieces per se. It is the things that other people found important enough to give her. That is art to her. And those are the sympathetic tokens.
1: Yeah, they have they have meaning. All right. Anyone have any more questions? Not just Morgana, just regarding the characters so far.
3: I feel like I need to like bring up some more stuff cause I was like, oh man, I need to blah, blah, blah.
1: Okay. <laughs> Do you have something specific on your mind right now that you would like to add?
3: With Kylie's goal. So I mentioned her with the with the politics more further down the line, but her goal more at the school is she wants to essentially run it. She's on the student council. I, I think I'm going to go with the idea that she's either the vice president or the secretary and she wants that presidency and then essentially just start building this connections here at the school to to just have a lot of influence with the people around her. And she wants it to be everybody runs things by her, but not in the, the micromanaging way. Like, does that make sense? I feel like it's a little bit too easy to be like, oh, she's a Karen, but she's not a Karen I want that more more intelligent side aspect
1: to it. In my experience, different factions and chairs in a large college, they don't talk with one another usually, so they don't communicate well. And it's an, uh, a role that needs filling, but it's also a lot of work. But once you're there, everything depends on you. You have all the strings in your hands. So I can see it working out.
3: Okay. Monica mentioned she's Regina. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize as I was building this character that I was going with all these different angles on her.
1: (laughs) I just want to give you a rundown of how this game is essentially played. We have four core concepts, not really rules, but they should be adhered to. And they are First, make each main character's life not boring. It's important uh, to state that because Monster Hearts can easily get, uh, it can shift focus into like your personal goals. And that can mean you don't interact with the main characters anymore because they're in the way. But it would be specifically very good for the game if you interacted with them because they're in the way. And that makes your life and their life not boring. The second is keep the story feral. So if there's an option that seems wild, take it. (laughs) And the last two are uh, say what the rules demand, which is typically my job. And the uh, very last is say what honesty demands. That basically just means don't do any meta gaming. So if you overhear a scene, Um, with knowledge that your character doesn't have don't use it something like that and then the whole game is based on um, two concepts that you will need to keep track of and those are strings and conditions you can gain strings on other characters and they are like currency you can spend strings to do certain things you can give yourself a bonus to a dice roll you can tempt someone into doing something that you want. Uh, it's very important that the reward is basically one experience point uh, for player characters, but it only gets uh, like paid out if the person actually does the thing. Uh, it's however not forced that you ever do something that you have been tempted to do. Even if you say yes, you can totally fail at what you have promised, basically. And you can also use strings to give someone a condition. Conditions come up at other places as well. They are mostly rumors about people. And you can use them to gain advantage over someone. Let me give you an example, if I find one that is. Uh, let's say you are in an argument with someone. And that someone then, well, lashes out physically, which is another move in this game. So. Uh, that person attacks you physically. They slap you in the face or whatever. You can give them a condition: short fuse, which basically means you would talk to your friends and tell them uh, how horrible that person is and that they are extremely aggressive and violent. And everyone then agrees that this person has a short fuse, and the uh, other person has to make amends somehow to like get rid of that condition. Uh, conditions, however, also come up when something happens to you personally that no one else is involved with. You could get, let's say, depressed over something. That would also be a condition. Other people would still like, notice the change in you. And if they were mean enough, they could use it against you. Any questions to that? So conditions, you basically write down what the condition is until it ceases to exist. And strings are attached to names and you can have multiple. So you can already like start a list with strings for the other two player characters. So Kylie, you would put down strings for Sam and strings for Kimberly.
3: As well as strings for my gank, which I still need to think up. But I, I hope you guys can help me out with that.
1: <laughs> I have prepared questions. <laughs>
3: Given what we all kind of know about each other and our characters, what would be reasonable reasonable strings that we would have on one another? And I'm still like trying to wrap my brain around what strings are, but So
1: in game you you gain them if you roll well or you use them up as currency, and also you can you can lose them if something bad happens to you. For example, when you die. <laughs>
3: I meant more in the, the, the concept of, is a string, Sam likes me because I occasionally give him accessories, or is it, is it something more than that? Is it, did that question make sense?
1: Uh, strings are very abstract, unlike conditions. They don't necessarily have one specific relationship to something that happened between two people. They are just created on a mechanical level. So for example, when you shut someone down, basically you interrupt them and don't give them any space. You um make it impossible for them to keep talking to you. You just basically uh tell them to shut up and walk away, something like that. Or you say something mean to them that like shuts them down uh, completely, like they just they just can't respond anymore because it's just so so outrageous what you just did. In that case, that person would lose a string on you. If you attack someone, it's possible that the other person gains a string on you because they learn something about your true nature. Basically, you are a monster. That would be uh, the effect of that.
3: So just just trying to understand. So strings isn't necessarily like we don't actually have to define it, or we just have them.
1: Strings are currency. You have them.
3: Okay. So that I think that's where I was getting mixed up. Cause like in Dungeon World, you have those connections and you, you list them. So in my brain, I was associating the two being the same, but it doesn't sound
1: like that's the case. Okay. Not sure to be honest, because I never played or even looked at Dungeon World. It's another power by the apocalypse game, I guess.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, okay. and no, they are not the same strings. You just have there's no definition in them and in Dungeon World you have your bonds. I think bonds would be closer to conditions, but then it would be a very one-sided bond.
3: Okay, cool. Thank you so much for clarifying that for me, because
2: yeah, just, I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for the input. I, I don't think I could help out anymore because I'm not familiar.
2: Do you enjoy the vibe we have going on in Monster Hearts? Then you will enjoy our Scion game, Valley of the Setting Sun. A game about people trying to cope with the responsibilities of having divine parents and becoming heroes while still keeping their zany energy going.